T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 2019 has seemed like a year filled with mashups. We got a new governor and a new Chicago mayor who started their terms like rock stars. Some of the year's more notable people in the entertainment world were part of the police blotter, and so were some political figures. And Chicago sports were sometimes part of the entertainment, though not always in ways that we wanted. So it's time to take a look back with a couple of the best lookers around. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. It's our year in review program, 2019 edition with my traditional partners, Mary Dixon, the longtime morning co-host of our sister station, WXRT 93.1 FM, and Mark Grody, sideline reporter for the Bears games here on WBBM, an all-around reporter, host, and anchor on our other sister station, WSCR 670, The Score. I think he, like, adds a job each year. So. <laughs> you know, keep yourself relevant. That's yeah. all we try to do in this business. You are flexible. Doing to be flexible, well. right? Well, welcome back to both of you. Um, it is really hard to choose what to talk about this year because so much happened. We were talking about this just just before we started taping. Yeah. A lot happened. We never really caught a break running from one headline to the other, but we're going to try to cover a lot of ground in this half hour, just picking the stories that caught our interest or our fancy or just had us talking. Mary Dixon, going to start with you this time. Uh, What's on your list of things we really need to, or what's the topping? Uh, again, your list? too many to to count, really, especially in this time. But I would say, with a new mayor, our first woman of color in Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, and the first openly gay mayor of Chicago, uh, you know, she comes into office again. You want to know who the heck wants this job? There's no money. Uh, there, everyone's at your at your door. And in October, we had a strike by the Chicago Teachers Union, uh, the longest, longer than the one uh, in 2012 when Rahm Emanuel was the mayor, when he had just come into office. Um, in the end, uh, the union won pay raises for teachers. They won guarantees on smaller class sizes and school staffing and social workers and nurses in schools. Uh, so I think you could say for uh, families and for teachers in Chicago, it was a productive strike, although they, they tacked on a day while they were arguing about how many days they'd get made up. And that is still a rather contentious issue for for teachers and for 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 the families. Yeah, and, and I'm thinking the other problem, at least for uh, for Mayor Lightfoot, is she came in with really high expectations. First, she won every ward mm-hmm. that almost never happens. And the CTU endorsed her opponent, Tony Preckwinkle, the Cook County board president. Which set up some of the conflicts for, right. for that. So it's been a, it's been a, a roller coaster uh, first year. I, I mean, how, how much do you think uh, Lori Lightfoot's ascendancy 
is is catching fire with people or are people just sort of shrugging and going okay so she's so she's uh she's gay and she's she's black uh, but it's just chicago is still going to be chicago i think all of that meant a lot during the election and i think it was great it was a good moment for chicago but yes that's it now welcome to being the mayor <laughs> of the city of chicago here's a teacher strike Good yeah. luck with that. Here is um, everything else that you're going to have to deal with. Here is uh, the the police chief. Here is Ed Burke. Exactly. Here are your all like good luck, and you know the the novelty has probably already worn off. I think it's terrific, but it it you are yes, you are now the mayor of Chicago. It's one of the crummiest jobs you could possibly want, and yeah. So we started the year with the Chicago Police Department uh, agreeing to this consent decree on how it treats uh, communities of color, how it uses the use of force. And uh, we're ending the year with Mayor Lightfoot looking for a new police superintendent and not under the happy, oh, Eddie Johnson's going to retire and spend more time with his family kind of a oh, headline. Oh, it looked like that for about a week. <laughs> <Try>. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then not so much. Yeah, and uh, and that has been a, a, a real... Uh, you know, fall from grace for for someone who m- I think would have, in other circumstances, even in these circumstances up to the end, uh, gone out as one of the better police superintendents. He didn't have a smooth ride, but this was somebody who came in and said, "All right, I'm taking over." In the middle of the Laquan McDonald controversy. The police shooting of you know, sixteen shots, mm-hmm. and and allegedly a cover up that uh, is still being looked into, uh, and he had to take over probably one of the worst times for the police department, one of the worst morale uh, atmospheres for the department, and yet uh, getting through all of that, getting through a, a Chicago summer of violence, and not having the mayor call him on the carpet. And still end up because of, you know, a uh, a bad night with some really poor judgment that he admits. Well, and and also now as as there the rolling revelations come out, it also appears that there was a personal relationship with someone that worked uh, under the superintendent, and uh, that he had moved around within the department, and you had other people other uh, managers, officers in the department covering for him, which is a bad, it's a bad paradigm and part of the thing that they're agreeing to fix. And there it is with every passing day for the last couple of weeks, you've seen, you've seen those revelations come out. So that is a, that is rather disappointing. There there is a sports analogy here actually too, with, with that position with police superintendent. And that is that, those jobs don't last long, much like managers in baseball or, you know, head coaches in football. The The job is there. You can succeed in it and make a life out of it, um, post-life out of it. But, um, you know, the word interim now being used um, as it is used in sports a lot of the time. But there mm-hmm. is an interim superintendent now from Los Angeles. It'll be interesting to see who grabs that permanently. And and as long as we're talking about the police, another big headline from the year started at the beginning when the actor Jesse Smollett, who is on the cast of Empire, which shoots in Chicago because there have been so many TV shows being shot in Chicago, reported what appeared to be a hate crime and was soon revealed to be 
a hoax. Mm-hmm. And and that turned into a big problem, a big headache for Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox. Uh, and, and not just her, but, but she certainly was the one who had to deal with the most of it because first he was a crime, a crime victim, then he was suspected of fabricating the whole thing and was charged, but then the charges were dropped mm-hmm. uh, amid some really uncoordinated and badly coordinated moves in the state's attorney's office. Uh, that they admit now they didn't handle as well as they should have. But the in the end, an argument could be made for what the uh, state's attorney said, which is that a guy who has a, what would otherwise be a misdemeanor uh, crime of reporting a false crime um, probably shouldn't be a focus of a major prosecution just because he's a star. But then the accusation is, well, just because he's a star, he got off when some average person probably would have had the book thrown at them. And this is going to be something, uh, unfortunately, this case is the case that keeps on giving. It also hurt Eddie Johnson. Mm -hmm. Uh, It forced him to take a public position criticizing judges, criticizing the state's attorney's office, although never... Uh, Kim Fox directly, mm. uh, and so this 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 case keeps coming back on people, and it's one guy who wanted attention for himself on his show Empire, and he got a lot more attention I think than he ever wanted. The reason it was so horrible is because there's so many legitimate reasons why there have been public relations issues between the police and the people and the city and city management and everything around it, and then you have this whole hoax this whole made-up thing where as you said properly that you had people being forced to take positions that maybe they didn't want to have to take in this whole big fake made-up thing yeah and can i add one other thing because it was an issue especially when the case first started exploding and that is the people who have suffered from actual hate crimes yeah and and some of the advocates were saying a lot of times these aren't these people aren't believed anyway and the absolute worst thing that could have happened to people who have suffered these kinds of attacks is to have somebody high profile fake it and in some ways make it harder for real victims to be believed and that is another effect again like i said this is a case that's going to hurt a lot of people in the end yeah I, well and speaking of of that sort of bad dynamic um there was a, perhaps a reckoning where maybe that will be corrected in regards to another very famous chicagoan and that's r kelly so in january lifetime aired that tv documentary uh surviving r kelly and it follows up decades of reporting uh by the sun times reporters jim de rogatis and abdon palash who have both moved on to other other places, but um, they had been documenting this for years, and uh, at times I think felt that they may have been shouting into the void. And then uh, Kelly, the he's a very famous R&B superstar from Chicago. Um, if you listen to Jim DeRogatis, it's been an open secret for years that he would, you know, go to high schools and recruit girls and and groom them, and and now you have these girls, some of whom are now adults 
saying, yes, this happened, and they have made their allegations public, and he was arrested in February on Cook County charges, and then later uh, in 2019, he was indicted on federal charges here and in Brooklyn, uh, not only charged with sexually assaulting and abusing minors, but with trying to cover it up. And he's, you know, sitting in jail waiting for his first trial to start in the spring. Yeah, and and he, he could be tried in Chicago. He could be tried in New York. The Fed, these are federal charges and the mm-hmm. feds, the feds brought him to New York. And I think that's where he is now. No, I think he's back is in he the, back here? I think he's back in Chicago now. Ah, it's hard well, to keep track. But uh, yeah, that, that's another, and, and you know, while we're, Talking about entertainment people in trouble, uh, I also want to mention that uh, some uh, Hollywood stars got into trouble with teachers and others for, and, you know, this is, you know, <laughs> first world problems, but uh, but they solved them with first world money. Uh, <laughs> and that's uh, Lori Loughlin, the actress, and, and her husband are facing charges of paying half a million dollars to get their daughters into the University of Southern California. Uh and they are fighting the charges, so they're going to trial. Actress Felicity Huffman pleaded guilty to paying to boost her daughter's SAT scores. And, and you know, for all those people struggling to get into competitive schools, to find out that famous people uh, who could probably do it the right way, who could, like, Donate a, a wing to the school <laughs> directly. And yeah, probably the quote-unquote right way. <laughs> yeah. no, I, as the mother of teenagers who are, you know, beginning their journeys toward college applications and someone who has to look at the FAFSA form, which is the financial aid form that everyone's supposed to fill out, um, this story enraged me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely made me see red. And there's a Chicago connection as well because Felicity Huffman is married to William H. Macy, who shoots Shameless for Showtime in Chicago and has been a Chicago theater actor. Um, he was not charged in this. And she, uh, she admitted her guilt, did a little jail time, is doing community service. She un- She expressed that she understood that she had not only done you know, she'd done her family a a disservice and other people because it's not just, it's not just first world problems. You know, there are people, this is one of the reasons that you have inequity in our society because it's so hard for people who are not wealthy, who are not from the 1% to get a better education and get a leg up. And these people already have an advantage and they're taking more advantage. And this will enrage you further. I would suspect that these are the ones that got caught doing mm-hmm. this and that there probably are others that have done similar. And I say that as in people with lots of money or other celebrities, possibly. Yeah. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore. That's our friends and family uh, year in review. <laughs> We're talking with Mark Grody, sports reporter, host, and anchor on WSCR, The Score, and on WBBM, and Mary Dixon, the longtime morning co-host on WXRT. Uh, you know, I want to take a break from the political stuff, but we're going to go back to it. We have to. Uh, yeah, there's but, still more. Yes, there's, but there's, there's more. way more. But I do want to take uh, talk about what kind of sports year this has been because, you know, we've been talking about how crazy the political year has been. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, you know, the, the Bears went from promising to pitiful to performing again. What? <laughs> yeah, so I think that there there were two huge sports stories and and the bears i think were 
I think there was one A, and that was Joe Madden being fired, the the Cubs manager. Yes. I think that was the number one story, that the manager who led you to the Cubs World Series title and everything that came with that in 2016 was, eh, he wasn't fired, but his contract ran out and he wasn't brought back. And I, I think that it was, it's amazing because the guy that wins the World Series is gone from the Cubs, but it's also great because the bar has been set so high for this Chicago Cubs organization, something that none of us grew up with. The bar is set so high (laughs) that they would actually let the guy go that won the World Series. And I think that that's actually a good thing, if you guys are following me on that. That that it's so, that they want to win so badly that they would let this guy go. And is it it as simple as, what have you done for us lately, and it's time to move on? Or... I mean, is there something else going on? Yeah, I think there's it's a little more to it than that. I mean, they obviously did not make it to the playoffs last year, so that's that was convenient in justifying what Theo Epstein ultimately did, and that was letting him go. But I think that Epstein, the Cubs president of baseball operations, also had a theory that, you know, five years is probably a good amount for a manager because the message starts to get clouded. Guys get a little bit too comfortable with the guy that is in charge, you know. Madden's style was very laissez-faire, very relaxed, and you know, after a while, I think guys as talented as the Cubs are needed a new message, a different kind of motivation because they the window still is open. The window to win is still very much alive for the Cubs, and, and they haven't been doing it the last couple of years. But then they hired David Ross to succeed him. <laughs> Which is maybe just as big a story as, as Joe Madden going out the door. Right. Is he going to be able to refresh that that dynamic, that that relationship, is he the one who who was on the 2016 team? I think at a like, if you look at him, you know, it is the question is, is David Ross qualified to be a manager? Because he's obviously he's never coached at any level in his life except for maybe his kids. So he comes in, and I think at a very rudimentary level, he will be a good manager. He is a he was a catcher, so he understands pitchers, he understands defense, he understands defensive placement, and he knows a lot of the pitchers on this staff. To be a successful manager in baseball, the most important thing is to work with a pitching staff. He's got that down. Second most important part is to command a clubhouse, and he was terrific. I saw him every single day command a clubhouse as a player, So, and he has the respect of the players, and I think he'll have both of those important spots down for sure. Are they going to accept him when he has to be harder? Because he was he was grandpa and, and was the nicest guy you could you could want to see. That's a great question. But he's going to have to kick butt. Absolutely, and that's something that he. I think it's going to be with the veteran players because you know he was best friends with Anthony Rizzo. Now the good news is that Anthony Rizzo is also a veteran player who's probably not going to need a kick in the butt as much as some of the younger players that exist on that team. And I think it's always a balance for any manager. Like you do treat different players differently. I mean, people don't want to think that like everybody gets treated the same. That's just not the case. It's just not realistic. It's a fantasy land idea that players are all treated the same. They're simply not. But yeah, I think there is, that's going to be tough. Like 
Does he keep Jason Hayward, his his longtime buddy from from Atlanta? Does he keep him out of the lineup against lefties? You know, does he if he's in a slump, does he take him out of the lineup? I mean, th- those are going to be interesting questions when they come up. I think Ross is up to the challenge, but I think there will be some some moments that are going to be difficult for him for sure. So yeah. so and and then on the south side of town, you've got the White Sox who had a rather lackluster year, but. Their hot stove season is really hot. Signing Grandal. Yep. I Absolutely. mean, it could be a really great year for no, them. No, I think the Austin is good. And there was some, there actually were some really good things that ha- happened in terms of development for the team last year. Lucas Giolito became an ace. I'm not sure if he is a one or a two going forward. Tim Anderson became terrific. Yohan Moncada, um, you know, one of their hot shot prospects started to look good. Aloy Jimenez had his coming up last year, and it looks like he's going to be around for a long time. So even though the team was bad last year, there was some serious development that occurred. And you're right, Mary. I mean, the offseason has been good so far for the White Sox. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Now let's talk about the Bears. Okay, so the, <laughs> the – you know, and I, I put Madden ahead of the Bears. And, but and I you, think that's valid. You could call the Cody Parkey miss – against Philadelphia 1B, mm. if you would like. The double doink, because that was in calendar year 2019 against Philadelphia, first round of the playoffs. The Bears with the chance to win the playoff game and advance on, and the double doink, Cody Parkey, and that sets off the craziest Bears offseason that I've ever seen in There's terms of the so kicker much, circus. So much angst. So <laughs> much angst. And then more angst at the beginning of this season. Oh, yeah. You I know. mean, well, you had this crazy cavalcade of kickers during Bourbon A where they literally brought in 10 to 15 kickers trying out for the job. Eventually, Eddie Pinheiro wins it. And then we have the season where – yeah, Eddie Pinheiro has been somewhat of the story, but the real story has been for a lot of this year that the Bears got off to an awful start. Mm-hmm. And the quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky, did not develop the way they thought that he would, that there's still much hope for him. But it was, as Matt Nagy, the Bears head coach, said, it was to start at the 100 level last year in terms of using the college course analogy. This was to be the 200 level year, and it has not been that um, for Mitchell Trubisky. So it's just been a kind of a jarring, shocking season considering most people, a lot of people, pick the Bears to be a Super Bowl contender um, and that they have not been. It's been gears grinding. Um, so the Bulls and Blackhawks have new coaches and are kind of, eh. Uh, the fire are moving to Soldier Field. But we do have a Chicago near champion this year, and that's the Chicago Red Stars, yes. the National Women's uh, Soccer League team. They had four players on the World Cup championship team and made the finals of the NWSL championship, and they have super cute jerseys, is all I'm saying. <laughs> no. If anyone's looking for any, you know, post-holiday uh, sales for it, it, for kids. I think, it's, I think it's worth getting your kids into soccer for those jerseys. Super yeah. cute, and they're amazing players. So they I just are. wanted to get and the shout-out to and the And they get, they don't get the attention that no, they probably... No, I'm glad Mary came with that. That's yeah. that's a terrific point. And one other thing, too, is Mary and I were, were talking about this before the show started. I did want to bring up um, a significant death in local sports this year, and that was Chet Kopik. The, oh, yeah, the long yeah. time. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. I know. He. 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 Uh, there. There are some people that he has definitely rubbed the wrong way, for sure, in recent years. But. But he was. He is considered the the sort of godfather 
of sports talk radio. You know, when I was in high school, everybody listened to, you know, Copic on Sports when he was about it with a few other entities. And then, of course, the score comes along and there's sports radio all over the place. But he was kind of the the original character in that regard and and he filled the room he i mean if you if, if you if you were if you were there well, with just the him. fur coat yeah there's that too <laughs> but no i mean he he coat. was just a, a, a larger than life personality and i think i don't think it was possible well maybe there were some people who like you said may he may have rubbed the wrong way but i think most people left smiling after after he was in <laughs> after they were with him there's no there's no doubt and uh he definitely had his own way of doing things he was a character and it is fair to say too that he did become somewhat of a caricature of himself as time went on but uh but he you know he he's an original he did it his way and he influenced a lot of people well now we're going to Go back to politics because, I mean, it was it was earth shaking what happened, and that is, oh my goodness, all of a sudden, uh, federal investigations became the thing, and it's really started with uh, a raid on uh, uh, Alderman Edward Burke's offices in City Hall on the third floor. The biggest office is there, probably. I'm I'm not sure those offices are almost as big as the mayor's. and the FBI sealed off his wing of City Hall and took reams of things away. And next thing you know, we're hearing about wiretaps and other aldermen under investigation. Talk about caricatures and characters. Um, we find out this summer that Ed Burke, the, the dean of the city council and the finance committee chair, um, and the senior, was, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the longest-serving the, the longest-serving alderman was being recorded by the zoning committee chair, Danny Solis, and recorded as saying, did we land the tuna because the federal prosecutors now allege, yeah, because federal prosecutors allege that Burke was constantly trying to get developers, people who were coming to the zoning and the finance committees, people in his 14th ward, that he is alleged to have been shaking them down and saying, well, if you want if you want this permit, you got to do business with my law firm. And so Lise wore a wire on him, which really upset some of the other aldermen. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if you wanted any any perhaps tone deaf responses, oh. the initial responses from some aldermen, I will say, sounded more like what happens when you, you know, in the movies when somebody busts a mafia guy because they say, what? He he wore a wire on us? You don't do what that. What a traitor. Rat. What a t- yeah. yes. And as it turns out, Solis was working with the feds and we, he retired from the city council. And then we find out through reporting from City Hall that uh, the feds were alleging that he got campaign cash personal massages and Viagra in return for favors on zoning. I yes. mean, if you wrote this in a script, people would not believe it because it's so on the nose. And then the federal probe expands into raids on on other people. Yes. Uh, mm. Illinois Senator it's, Martin Sandoval. Yeah, uh, sub- State Senator uh, Thomas Cullerton yeah. was indicted for embezzlement from the Teamsters. Yep. Uh, Lu- Luis Arroyo. Uh, was charged with bribery for paying another lawmaker to vote his way on a gaming measure. Um, and a lot of these people are tangentially and some directly connected with uh, 
House Speaker Michael Madigan, which suggests that the feds have been circling around him. Mm-hmm. Um, people who know Mike Madigan, though, are know that he is a pretty scrupulous about uh, about the activities of his staff. Try to call one of them about a political question when they're and they will tell you they can't talk to you until their lunch hour on a different phone. It so will, they're very careful. It will be interesting to see how this I mean, and, and in some parts of this probe, it's just been raids. It's just been no indictments. But it will be interesting to see in 2020 how this all shakes out and whether any other big tunas will be landed. Martin Scorsese wastes way too much time doing New York storylines. I mean, we are here for you. Uh, bring your De Niro, bring, bring everybody. We've got storylines here. There's well, and, and uh, you know, with a few, just with a few, just to mention something we were talking about before we went on the air, because there is not enough time. Just remember, Chicago is becoming the center for filming a lot of TV shows, a number of crime shows, all mm-hmm. of the, the Chicago PD, yes. Chicago Fire. This oh. is, and we... And, and one of them shot here, show yes. of the year, Southside on Comedy Central, created and uh, written and starring people, uh, South Shore Whitney Young grad Bashir Salahuddin is one of the creators. There are a bunch of Chicago actors and actresses in this. Jeff Tweedy makes an appearance. Nice. It's Welcome. it's a really funny show uh, set in Englewood and uh, just for, for something sort of happy to end a show with. Yes. <laughs> I wanted to, to give that a shout out. Southside on Comedy Central. That's Mary Dixon. And thank you. XRT 93.1 FM. Mark Grody of our sister station, WSCR 670 The Score. Thank you both for spending this time. My favorite show of the year, every year. Uh, to our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website, WBBMNewsRadio.com. You can also find our podcasts on Radio.com. I'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.